Good morning. Happy Sunday to you and welcome to Calvary. If you are new with us, we are so glad that you're here. Welcome to our online family. We're so thankful for you as well. Welcome to the family of faith. Aren't you glad that during this last season of your life, you've been fed in your faith? I mean, the reality of our challenges in this world are there are some battles that you can win and then there's some battles you can't win. But the battles that you fight with faith, the battles that you fight with the Lord on your side, those battles will always bring victory in your life. When you trust the Lord to be able to walk with you through whatever season it is. And some of those photos that we saw last week's celebration, our own, our open house celebration, we had many people who had been here before who came to visit to see what you all and what we've been doing and what they're a part of. It's just good to know that when you tackle life's challenges by faith, you're going to come out victorious. There are going to be challenges, right? There are going to be battles that we have to face. And the difference of being able to discern which battles are worth fighting, which ones are not, which battles you know that you can win, and which battles you know that you won't win, it matters in life to be able to figure out which ones um, because you want to come out victorious on the other side. And how do you do that? How do you discern that? Today I'm going to talk to you about one word that helps you determine which battles you can win, which ones you know you can't, which ones are worth fighting, which ones are not, and how do you trust the Lord in the midst of all of that? We're going to talk today about perseverance. Perseverance. Because the reality is we talk about our family of faith, and as we talk about what we've been through and as we look to the future, one of the things that I can say that's been remarkable during the last season of life for many of you is that word perseverance. When you persevere in the midst of challenging times, when you determine, I will overcome, I will push through this by God's grace and help, and by what he's laid out before me, I will be victorious in this. You have set yourself on a pathway to being able to come out on the other side victorious, thanking God, being grateful for what he's done. And it begins with perseverance. Now, we've looked at some Old Testament characters today. And so today we're going to go to another one, another person in the book of Genesis. So I want you to go on and grab your Bibles and we're going to look at someone you probably have heard this story about. We're only going to look at a couple of snapshots from the story because his story actually takes up most of the finishing chapters of Genesis. So we're going to go to chapter 45. So go on and get your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 45. And the person we're going to talk about today is none other than Joseph. And Joseph is one of those great pictures of perseverance even when life was stacked against him and challenges came his way, Joseph is one of those examples of someone that trusted God, that had faith in the midst of great challenge. Because he trusted God and he persevered through difficult times, he came out on the other side a whole lot better than he perhaps even would have thought. He got to see God do some things that maybe he didn't even imagine. Now, before we read that today, let me highlight that video we just saw about Vacation Bible School, VBS. Listen, many of you in this room, you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because of Vacation Bible School. Many of you in this room, 
you have led a child or a student to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through Vacation Bible School. Let me highlight to you why it's so important this year that you get your children connected, your students connected. If you're looking to serve and volunteer for a week while you get connected, the last time we did a regular Vacation Bible School was none other than 2019. That's three years ago. And a lot has changed in three years, hasn't it? But I'll tell you what hasn't changed. The need of men and women, boys and girls, to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The need of men and women and boys and girls to experience the love of God in their life in a positive, caring environment that points them toward the right direction that God has for their life. Something that doesn't change is the need of us as grown-ups to find a place to use the gifts that God has given us to serve His church. And Vacation Bible School is one of those places where you can do that easily. So, moms and dads, grandma, grandpa, sign up your children for Vacation Bible School. You can do that at our guest center in the back. Happy for you to do that today. Um, if you know some neighbor's children, at least ask before you sign them up, or at least ask before you bring them, right? But we'd like for any children that you have impact in, families that you have connection to, people that you know that need just a moment of something good happening in their life. I can tell you, there's this reality that just a week at Vacation Bible School, for many of you, you know that was a marker for you. That was one of those pillars of faith moments that you built. We'll help someone else have that. Pay it forward by making sure that you are able to connect someone to Vacation Bible School. Or perhaps you've got some extra time off in your calendar. Figure out a way to say, hey, Pastor Stephen, I want to help. I want to serve. I want to be here in the right kind of way. Listen, this year, first time in three years that we're doing it the way that we used to do it, which is great conversation, classrooms, and a week-long experience for kids. I'm excited about it. I hope that you'll make the opportunity to connect and be a part of that. And I know that God will use that to lead some child to Jesus. Amen? And that's why we're here. Part of our mission is a part of the family of faith. Now, speaking of children, Joseph was a child. Joseph was born into this legacy of faith that we've been talking about. Last week, we talked about what it meant to leave a legacy of faith. What does that look like in our lives? Yesterday, last night actually, yesterday afternoon late, we had a service for one of our dear members who battled cancer that started pre-COVID, battled it through the last two years, and just a couple of weeks ago, she went home to be with Jesus. That whole entire time, we as a church family, church staff, many of us were lifting her up and praying for a healing. And yet we realized the reality God gave her two years that she may not have had with her family, with her husband. And so she had two years, and now she's healed perfectly. We know that Patty Gerald is with Jesus. We know that. There is no doubting the kind of woman that she was. But she left a legacy. Patty Gerald invested her life in the student ministries of this church. One of the things that she committed her life to doing was to be able to serve teenage girls through part of their developmental process and help them grow in their faith in that challenging window of life of being a teenage young woman. That's what she chose to do for years. Matter of fact, her sister said, 
Man, for 62 years, you know, I didn't realize, you know, that, gosh, how young she was. And I'm going, man, she was 62 and she was serving teenagers. That's pretty impressive. She wasn't letting age be a factor in how much she invested in the lives of young women, which also says it's not just the young and the cool and the hip that can make a great impact in the lives of the next generation. Amen, some of you adults, right? Because she was committed to leaving a legacy. In a family of faith, you want to leave the right kind of legacy. And part of the way that you leave the right kind of legacy in your family of faith is there are times where you have to persevere. There are times where you have to overcome difficult challenges in your life and in the world. And you must trust the Lord to guide you through those seasons that are difficult for you and bring you out on the other side so that you are stronger in your faith. You are more equipped in your relationship with God. You are more empowered to help someone else when they are going through a difficult time. Perseverance in challenging times is part of life and part of the growth process that God has for all of us. One of the tragedies of today, we see more of this post the pandemic than we've seen in a long time. More of the, one of the tragedies of today is more and more young people today are cutting life short and giving up on the prize of what God could do for them in the future because they're going through a difficult moment. And they don't have strong voices in their life to tell them, wise voices in their life to tell them, I'm with you. God is with you. You can persevere through this. And if you will trust the Lord, you will come out better, stronger, more equipped, not only to face life, but to make a difference in the world for someone else. That happens with perseverance. And Joseph, as we might know him, King Joseph, he didn't start out as one of the rulers of the world back in his generation. He started out with a very challenging problem. Perhaps you know the story. Many of you, you've been in church for a long time, and so you know the story of Joseph and the multicolored robe, right? Joseph was one of the 12 children, right, given to Jacob. And as he was born to Jacob and that family, 12 children, Jacob kind of had this deal where, um, hey, we like all of our children, but we're going to make Joseph a robe. So his mother makes this multicolored robe and he wears it. Guess what the other 11 brothers, guess what happens for them? Oh, you like him more, right? And so they get a little envious. Joseph has a dream. And in Joseph's dream, he has this vision where the stars and the moon bow down to his star. And he shares that with his brothers. And the interpretation and their, their way of processing is it, oh, so you're saying we're going to bow down to you? So again, the cards start getting stacked. And it sounds like Joseph is a spoiled brat, right? So he's, he's sharing all of this stuff. Well, his brothers finally get to a point where their jealousy, their envy, and their hatred takes over. And they throw him in a pit. They go back home and they tell his parents, his father, he's dead. And ultimately, 
they sell him into slavery into Egypt. They sell their own flesh and blood. Well, in that process, right, Joseph not only goes away into Egypt, away from his family, his father doesn't know what's happened to him. His brothers are keeping this secret and, and they keep it for a very long time. Joseph ends up as a servant in Egypt. And in the process of being a servant in Egypt, he is falsely accused of something that he did not do. And because of him being falsely accused for something that he did not do, he's thrown into prison. And he's forgotten about for a very long time. He goes through that process of knowing that he's been betrayed, that he's been sold, that he's been falsely accused. He goes through all of that process. And if anyone could give up on God, if anyone could give up on life, if anyone could give up on the hope of something good happening in their future, it would have been Joseph. But he never quit. He never quit trusting in the Lord when it was hard. He never quit trusting in God when he was falsely accused. He never quit holding on to the faith that he was told and taught by his family that his life and his legacy would matter because God was with him. He never forgot all of that. And in a very interesting turn of events, Pharaoh calls in Joseph to interpret a dream. Out of the prison cells comes this pauper who has nothing into the court of the king of Egypt, Pharaoh king of Egypt. And Pharaoh says, Joseph, I hear that you can interpret dreams. Tell me what this dream means. Joseph tells him, hey, there's times of plenty in Egypt and there are times of famine that are coming. Listen, isn't that true of life? There are times where there's plenty, where it's good. And then there are times where there's famine in our lives. Not necessarily that we are dealing without food, although gas prices seem to be going through the roof, right? There are times where it gets really thin, really difficult. There are times where what is going on and it's beyond your control. Even in the midst of that, as Joseph tells Pharaoh, look, there are times where it's good and there are times coming where it's bad. Listen, the Lord is in control. Pharaoh acknowledges that. Joseph, your God is the God of gods. Your God is the King of kings. So I'm going to make you number two in the kingdom. And only in title, I mean, catch this, only in title will I be greater than you, Joseph. In other words, Joseph, you have the keys to the kingdom of Egypt now, the nation of Egypt now, and you manage it. And you run it. And you figure out how to protect it. You will have all of the authority and all of the blessing as being the man in charge of Egypt. I'm just still Pharaoh. Now, all of that happens for him. But where did he begin? In a pit. Where did he come from? A dungeon. Yet God, through the midst of his faith and perseverance, allowed Joseph to be placed in a position that would impact others for a lifetime and beyond. That's true of you and I when we persevere. So I want to give you the life lesson today. I want to read you a few verses at the conclusion of Joseph's life. The power of perseverance and how you and I, in our journey of faith, as a part of the family of faith, can learn the value of perseverance. Trusting 
God in the hard times is the secret to experiencing His favor in the times that are good. I want you to write that down. That'll help you when you think about perhaps times that you go through that are challenging and learning to persevere. Trusting God in the hard times. That's the secret to experiencing His favor in the times that are good. In life, there are going to be times that are challenging, but they are always followed by times that are good. In life, there are times that are going to be good, but guess what happens? Sometimes we come off the mountaintop and there's always a valley on the other side of every mountain. We're not meant to stop our lives or to stop our growth or our process just because we walk into a valley. God is the God of the mountaintop and God is the God of the valley. Trusting Him on the mountaintop and trusting Him in the valley is the way that you get out of the valley and back to the next mountaintop experience with Him. God is a God who is with us in the midst of every moment. And I don't think we often give Him credit when it's difficult. I think what happens for most of us when it gets difficult is we question Him. We don't credit Him. We question Him, God, where are you? God, why did you allow this to happen? God, if that's who you are, then I don't believe in you. I mean, I've read some message boards lately and um, even in some of our local community and in light of some of the things that are happening in their country, they, they have a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people out there that have a lot of negative things to say about God. Do we have a lot of things, negative things to say about God when we disagree with Him? Or when we disagree with how He's working it out in our lives? Or do we give Him credit and do we trust Him that when we walk through a difficult experience, what He's doing is equipping us and preparing us for a victory or something good on the other side? Trusting God in the hard times really is a secret. Young people, I would tell you, the reality of graduating from 8th grade or high school or college or getting that next promotion... Learning to be able to recognize that those markers in your life, you persevered up to a point and you achieved something and now you have another opportunity before you and you persevere through that to achieve something else. All of those are markers along life's journey to strengthen you, equip you, and prepare you for what God has for you next. That's what he does. And Joseph is the perfect example of this. Let's read chapter 45, verse 1 through 11. And this is what happens after Joseph has become king, basically, of Egypt, although he's just not called Pharaoh, but he's in charge of everything. And because of this famine that's going on in the world, everyone else in the region of Egypt is coming to Egypt because Joseph rationed the good times. He was prepared for the bad times. Everyone else wasn't. And when no one else had food or supplies and there were supply chain issues, Egypt didn't have them back in that generation because a wise man who had persevered and trusted God was in charge. And because he was in charge, all the other nations were going to Egypt back in this generation. And they were coming to Egypt for food. Guess who shows up in Egypt for food? Joseph's 11 brothers who sold him into slavery back when he was a young man. And they show up, and guess who they have to come face to face with? 
They don't even recognize it. Their own brother who they betrayed, whom they sold, and who they left for dead and told his dad a wild beast devoured him and he's gone. So his parents are grieving. His brothers are living with this lie. And they don't even know what happened to the man who persevered. And now they stand before him. So as they stand before Joseph, this is what Joseph does. The power of perseverance. Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, Have everyone go out from me. So there was no man with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard of it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. I wonder why. <laughs> and Joseph said to his brothers, please come closer to me. And they came closer. And he said, I am your brother Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. Now, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been great in the land these two years. And there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth. And to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all of his household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So hurry up and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall live in the land of Goshen. You shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I also will provide for you, for there are still five years of famine to come. And you and your household and all that you have would be impoverished. Now skip to chapter 50. From 45 to 50, there's some events that occur in there. But this theme of God being there with us in valleys, challenges, moments, and learning to persevere is summed up, I think, in one of the greatest verses in the book of Genesis. It's found in chapter 50, verse 19, and specifically verse 20. But look at what Joseph says in verse 19 of Genesis 50. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. For I am in God's place or God's house. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about this present result and to preserve many people alive. I want to focus on that as we talk about perseverance today. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. Perseverance is all about learning to trust God in the midst of whatever season it is. 
Because if you can learn to trust Him in the hard times, that's the secret to experiencing His blessing and His favor when the times turn good. They're all going to happen. Times of good, times of challenge. Perseverance is being able to navigate all of them. As students, there are times when you have to persevere with a test or with your grades. Um, maybe a professor that you don't agree with. But overcoming that gives you a mark in your life to be able to say, you know what, I did that. I achieved something that no one can take away. As workers in our jobs, sometimes we have to persevere because, well, the economy changes or the employees change or the employer changes um, or times are really stressful and we have to persevere for that. What perseverance allows you and I to do in all situations, maybe it's your relationship with someone that you love and you have to persevere through a time that's really challenging. Perseverance allows you to make it through a difficult time to get to the next time that's good. And perseverance requires work. Perseverance is what makes battles worth fighting for. Learning which battles you're going to be able to win is all about perseverance. And to think about perseverance in our life and to learn from it, there are a few things that I think Joseph teaches us today that will help you and I understand how to trust God in our life circumstances where we need to have perseverance. The Bible has a lot to say about perseverance. Many scriptures, actually, about perseverance. But I think this story about Joseph from that family of faith, that legacy of faith that begins with Abraham, his great-grandfather, and continues through him and the next generation teaches you and I today this power of perseverance. Number one, in perseverance, one of the things that we often don't see but is very, very true for us when we walk through challenging, lean, thin, difficult, valley types of moments, we often forget that God goes before us and God goes behind us. God is before you, and God is behind you. God is there setting up the details in your life before you ever know that you have arrived at a point of either blessing or even difficulty. God has orchestrated your past. That's why He is God. And Joseph, in this moment, when you look at the totality of his story... God had a plan that Joseph never knew. Joseph had a glimpse of it in a vision, but surely he didn't understand the vision. Matter of fact, he was perhaps even a little arrogant about the vision when you go back and you read the story. But he didn't really know what that would mean. God knew what it would mean. Joseph had no understanding of what God would do when he's thrown into a pit and betrayed by his own flesh and blood. He had no idea, but God knew what he would do. Joseph had no idea that when he's serving the Lord and his boss faithfully in his job in Egypt and he was falsely accused and not even tried appropriately and thrown into prison and left to be there for dead, he had no idea that that would turn out for anything better than the shackles. But God knew. And God has a way of knowing the details of our life where He has orchestrated all events and all seasons for us, not only the ones that are good, but the ones that are equally not so good and challenging. God was 
behind him, backing him up. And God was ahead of him, setting the plan in motion every step of the way. And most of the time, we never see that. Perseverance is all about trusting God even when you don't see it. Trusting the plan of God to work it out in your life, in your family's life, and in those whom you love in their lives as well. The Bible says this in Psalm 139, verse 5. It's a great verse. It says, you go before me and you go behind me. David talking about the Lord. You go before me and you go behind me. And look at this. And you place your hand of blessing on my head. Isn't that good? Write that one down because that's a great verse for you to be able to remember when you walk through challenging times. Not just the example of Joseph, but the promise of God. God goes behind you. And that means at times he's cleaning up the mess that we leave behind, right? Thank God for that. He knows how to do that better than we do. He knows how to make something beautiful out of something that perhaps we didn't feel was so beautiful during that season of our life. But by perseverance through those difficult times and trusting the Lord with that, you can walk out of valley moments, difficult moments, challenging moments, into times that are prosperous and flourishing. And God has a way of getting your back when no one else has your back. God had Joseph's back when no one else had his back. God didn't forget about Joseph, and God will never forget about you. Amen? God not only goes behind us, but he's also way ahead of us. And we forget that when we walk through challenging moments. We forget God is way ahead of us. We have our plans. The Bible even says the plans of a person are many. But God orders our steps. You see, we make all the plans for our lives. We organize all of the details, all of the outcomes. This is what we think by next promotion or working hard at this. And this is what we want to achieve. But God is so intimately concerned about His plan for your life that He knows the very steps along the way that you will take. Even steps that you're not aware of. He's going to get you to where we need to be. You need to be. As his children, that's where he's going to take us because he's God. And he's not only behind us catching our back and helping us through moments of our past and perhaps even our present, but he's also way ahead of us working out his plan for good because he knows what we do not know. God knew what Joseph didn't know. Joseph did not know he would become, in all practical terms, the ruler of Egypt. You wouldn't think that you would become a ruler of Egypt when you're lying in a pit. Have you ever been in a pit in your life? Maybe you haven't. And I pray that you don't have to go into a deep, dark pit in your life. I pray that that never happens for many of you. But if it has, listen, it's in the midst of the pit of trusting God and persevering that the kingdom happens on the backside because you will get out of that pit when you trust Him. Many people forget that in their lives. Many people don't realize the power of perseverance in the hard times. Trusting God in the midst of the pit is the key to the victory when you get out because you can get out of that pit just like Joseph did and God knew He would. Joseph was in the prison, in the dungeon. And perhaps at times you've been thrown under the bus. Maybe 
You've been betrayed, falsely accused, misunderstood, maligned, treated in a way that wasn't appropriate for who you were as a person. And maybe that's happened for you. And it perhaps will continue to happen for you. You don't give up and quit when that happens. You can't. God's blessing is too great for something better that you cannot see. And knowing that God goes before you and that He places His hand of blessing on your head. When you're in a dungeon, when you're in a pit, when you're walking through difficulty, when something's challenging, that type of perseverance is what's going to help you achieve better things ahead. You just don't see them yet. Grandparents, this is a great lesson to pass on to your children, your grandchildren, those that you love. Students, this is a great lesson for your future as you think about college. Families, this is a great lesson about your relationships with one another and in your home. Because perseverance is all about being able to ask God, trust God, believe in God to be present in the difficult times because the good times are right ahead. Amen? Number two, when I think about this story of Joseph and I think about perseverance, it's good not only to know that God is before me and behind me. Psalm 139 actually uses a word. It says God hems me in. He encircles me. So He's not just before you and behind you. He's all around walking you through the process. But the next point is equally as important, and that is this reminder that God knows what you do not know. God knows in our lives what we do not know. Now, perhaps like me, you've had times where you've believed certain things were going to work out a certain way, and they didn't. Perhaps like me, you've had plans where you thought, according to the pathway, that the pathway would lead to this outcome, and it didn't. And yet, perhaps like me, you can look and say to yourself, thank God for His faithfulness. And because of trust in Him and perseverance, look at where I am today and look at where I'm going to go. There's power in trusting God when you're in the valley, when you're in the pit, when you're in the prison, when you're in the dungeon of life. When you're in those moments, trusting God and persevering there is what will strengthen you and equip you to be able to see what you couldn't see when you were battling through a challenging season of life. But who sees what you can't see? God always sees what you don't. God always knows something that we don't. That is why He's God. That's why it's really not good to argue with Him when you're going through challenging times. Because, quite frankly, you're arguing with somebody who already sees the conclusion, who already knows the good news, and perhaps, honestly, is laughing at you. <laughs> he's not arguing back. He's bigger than that. He's smarter than that. He's actually like, oh, if you just knew. If you could just see. How many of you as parents, you try to equip and train your children, and you try to say to your children, if you just knew, if you just understood, and they don't listen to you, Right? Well, sometimes we're like that even as grown-ups, aren't we? God, you know, I, I wish or where are you or I doubt you. And 
If you just knew, if you just knew what I knew, if you could just see what I see. One of the great verses that reminds us of that is Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9. Perhaps for many of you that is a life verse and an anchor verse. The Bible says this through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord speaks to his people and he says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Isn't that humbling? God says, just like heaven is higher than earth, so are my ways higher than the ways of people. And so are my thoughts, says the Lord, higher than the thoughts that you have. Now, I admit that as people, sometimes we have pretty lofty thoughts, don't we? But to think about our thoughts, both our base thoughts or our best thoughts, and compare them to God's thoughts about His plan for your life, His ways are higher. His ways are better. He knows what we do not know. And the story of Joseph is a great picture of that. Where God knew that all of the evil that the brothers intended and all of the evil that happened to him by being falsely accused and maligned and ridiculed, all of the difficulty that he had to endure being sold into slavery into Egypt, being able to be accused of something inappropriate that he didn't do, being able to overcome all that, God knew that all of that would shape, mold, and define Joseph to be the kind of leader that even Pharaoh could not be, to be the kind of person that would impact the world that even Pharaoh could not do in that generation. God put a godly man in charge of the world of that day God put a man who persevered, who had faith, who had gone through challenges, and therefore who knew not to be a spoiled brat, who knew to trust God even when famine was coming, who knew how to navigate difficult circumstances because he had walked through some of the most difficult circumstances that anyone ever would. God knew that that's the kind of person that would be able to impact the world and even though things were intended for evil against his life, God intended for them to be good. And he rescued an entire nation. He impacted a whole world. And at the end of the story, what you begin to realize is this man, it wasn't only about his story and his victory. The Lord God Almighty, the King of heaven and earth, he got praise. He got credit. He got the Renown of the world of that time, all because of an individual who persevered in the midst of difficulty. God knew something Joseph didn't knew, didn't know. And when I think about our lives, what does God know about what you're persevering through right now? What does God know about your future as a child of God? What is the battle or the valley that you're walking through or walking out of? And what is it in that moment that through perseverance you realize... God is equipping me or has equipped me to make a difference here. One of the things yesterday at Patty Gerald's service that we did here in the church yesterday is um, we had the teenagers and the people stand that had been impacted by her life. And the room was full from a lady who battled through cancer but used her life to serve her church and her community in the name of Jesus People were standing all around the room. And I thought to myself, what a great legacy of faith. 
You know, I even think how she persevered through some very difficult battles with her health, but she persevered in her faith. She never quit. And the reality for many of us is there are going to be battles and valleys and challenges. Learning to trust God and persevere in the difficult times is the secret and the key to experiencing His favor when the times turn good. Here's the final thing, and we'll close with this today. As I look at the life of Joseph, ultimately, it's good to know that God is going before and behind us. Amen? He's working out His plan in our lives. It's good to know that God knows what we don't. He sees what we don't. But here's the ultimate conclusion from verse 20 of chapter 50. God has a purpose that is greater than we often see. God has a purpose that is greater than we often see. There is a purpose in our life that God is working out through our circumstances, the events that are happening, our families, our challenges, our victories. God is working out His plan for a purpose to bring Him glory. Joseph said it this way, you intended it for good. Here's, I mean, you intended it for evil, talking to his brothers. But God knew it would turn out for good. Listen, there are times where people intend things for evil against you. And if it's not someone in your life that intends something for evil against you, it's always the devil, amen? <laughs> Unfortunately, the devil's always working for bad against you, challenge against you. Always. He never quits. Even as those things are occurring in your life, those challenging things... God has a purpose that is for good. God has a purpose with our lives that is for good. Don't ever forget that. Joseph, as he walked through, he didn't know the purpose of God until the end. And in the end, after two years of famine, after seeing where he was and the position of influence and impact and assistance to God's people, even his own family, he realized, look, all of you intended that for evil, but I hold no grudges. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm not going to punish you for what you deserve. I'm not going to bring that against you. What you intended for evil in my life, God intended it for good. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the good that God brought into my life, and I'm going to bless you with it. Whoa! Now think about it. How many of you sitting in Joseph's chair at the time, this is perhaps why we don't sit in Joseph's chair, but Joseph sat in the king's chair. If we were sitting in the king's chair and we were wronged and we had gone through a time and we persevered, we'd probably hold a grudge, wouldn't we? And those 11 rascals show up after what they've done for me or Potiphar comes in and he asks for a favor after what he's done for me. You know where they're going, right? And that's probably how we would deal out justice. But that's why... Joseph learned a lesson in perseverance that made him more equipped through hard times to be able to be the right person in good times. And perseverance allows us to develop into the right kind of man, woman, student, individual to be able to make a difference for his kingdom. Because if you've walked through the valley and you've walked through the difficulty and you know those moments and God faithfully brings you through it and you trust him, you come out on the other side, you are equipped to do something the average person cannot do. You are equipped to lead in a way the average person cannot lead. 
you are equipped to glorify God in a way and to reveal His redemptive character to people in a way that fleshly people would not do. You have become that kind of person because you never quit. You never gave up hope. You kept your faith anchored in the Lord even when the odds were stacked against you, when it seemed impossible, when the battle seemed all but lost. You trusted in the Lord. You persevered. You walked through that difficult time and you came out on the other side more equipped, better, stronger in your faith, more able to help others and to bring glory to God. God had a purpose for what Joseph walked through and God has a purpose for you. Very simple verse, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not harm you. They are plans to give you hope, and we all need hope in the midst of perseverance. And they are plans to give you a future. That's the power of perseverance. Persevering in the hard times is the secret to experiencing the favor of God when the times turn good. Amen? Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you today for all those who are here in this room and in our online family. God, I pray for the power of perseverance, which is our faith to trust you in all seasons. Thank you for the perseverance of this church in this past season of life. Thank you for the victories that are ahead by persevering in thin times. God, we know that perseverance is all about faith. And today, my prayer is that for all of your children, you would increase our faith in you to persevere, to overcome, because you know what we don't know. You have gone before us to win battles that we do not see. And you have a purpose that is not only for our good, but for your glory and for the good of others when we trust you and when we trust you in Jesus' name. I pray for your church today, for your people here today who trust in your son Jesus as Savior. And because of that, use their gifts to glorify you and to serve others in Jesus' name. And I pray for those that are on the fence, that yet have yet to find their place, or quite frankly, have yet to give their heart to you by faith. God, I pray for them, strengthen them, and draw them to you so that we as a church may continue to impact the world for your purpose, your glory, and for the good of others in Jesus' name. Amen. In the back of your chair, I just want to remind you, there is not only a, a guest card, so if you're a guest today, we encourage you to communicate with us, but more importantly, there's a response card. And perhaps today, maybe you would just like someone to pray with you, or you would like to be able to say, you know what, I'm going through a season of life, um, I need someone to encourage me in this journey to have perseverance. Or perhaps, just honestly, at base level, you go, you know what, I haven't trusted in God that way. I haven't trusted in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Your perseverance is limited if you don't have the divine backing you up and going ahead of you. So I would encourage you even today, 
it's time for you to place your faith in Christ. Fill out that card, if you will, if you're online. Shoot us a note because we want to walk you through that next piece of your journey and your walk with God. It's that important. Perseverance is that important. And I want to celebrate for just a moment. Last week, we had our open house event. It was it was a fun Sunday to be able to celebrate again. And a lot of great things happening here at Calvary. we got Vacation Bible School coming up. Um, we had an offering last week of $43,621. $43,621 last week on that Sunday. I just want to praise the Lord for that. That's huge. Because one year ago, we started the process of taking care of our house, cleaning, cleaning up our campus, battling through storms and all of that. And, and we really did use a lot of our deductible fund. We just were like, okay. And last week, you helped as a church family put us right back on path for where we need to be this year, continuing to be wise and navigate these perilous times and trusting the Lord in the midst of them. You as a church did that, and I'm grateful. Many of you came from out of town. I'm grateful for you. We are thankful for you. And it was a great celebration. It reminds us to be faithful in all seasons of life, in times when it's good and there's plenty, and in times where it's challenging to be faithful, to trust the Lord. And I want to remind you to continue to do that. Thank you for doing that. By you doing that, it means that things like Vacation Bible School, if you ever wonder, like, why does it matter if I tithe? It's got to be more than just taking care of a building, paying the bills. It's got to be more than just utilities and people. When you think about it, it's the mission and the work of God. And here's what I guarantee you, especially if you will persevere and get involved and serve with a missional mindset, there will be a child in a couple of weeks that will come to know Jesus because of you. Eternity will be impacted because of you. Catch this. In the middle of the, or the end of June, the beginning of July, six people from this church going on mission to Romania. Going to work with Ukrainian refugees and some of the children, the orphans that we work with. What? In the middle of a global shutdown and all this other noise and news? That's what we're going to do. And your giving and your faithfulness empowers this church to stay on mission with Jesus regardless of what the noise says. Regardless of what the tweets are, regardless of what the world is, being faithful in your giving empowers this church to do it. So thank you for being a part of this family of faith. And let me encourage you. Find a way to get connected. Community, Bible studies, yes, and service. Easy ways like Vacation Bible School. It's a great way to make a difference. 